episode 11, Marketing Your Bootstrap SaaS. Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. Sharing the adventure of leading and growing a bootstrap SaaS company. Hear the experiences, challenges, wins, and losses shared in each episode. From Aaron Wykey of GatherUp and Darren Shaw of Whitespark. Let's go. Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Darren. After a nearly month hiatus um, and a, a failed podcast uh, attempt, Darren, we are back hopefully in the in the groove of things and can return to a more normal schedule of recording. Yes, that was quite disappointing at MozCon. We thought we were going to you know, get a nice podcast recorded while we were uh, in person. That was going to be really exciting, but so many technical difficulties. That was quite frustrating. Yes. Uh, mark us down as, you know, being complete newbies in live in-person podcast recordings. We yeah. we've, we made a lot of attempt and just ended up failing. And uh, let's just let's just put that behind us. There's bound there's bound to be a failure along any journey, right? I thought we did it though, and I thought it was a success. But then I guess we didn't get the we didn't get the file. I think it was all network problems and stuff. It was too bad. Yeah, no, no glory to be had at the end of it. But hi, <laughs> right, so with, with that, right? We've had literally about four to five weeks um, since we talked at length and since we've recorded a, a, an episode. Um, what yep. what's been what's been going on with you in in that time? How you been living these last days of summer? Um, well, I did go on a family vacation, which was amazing. We went to uh, Nova Scotia. We'd never been out east before, and right. it was magical. That. It was just such a nice, relaxing vacation. You know, we're, we typically vacation in big cities and then we pack our days with going to all the museums and sites. And, you know, we've got lunch, breakfast and dinner planned every single day of all the different places we want to eat at. Whereas this was just like a we, we went to a, you know, rural type um cottages in Nova Scotia and just by the ocean and just hung out and it was relaxing and it was awesome. And, and we loved it so much. We're probably going to rebook again for next year. Nice. Sounds like a winner. It was great. Yeah, it was good. And so I guess on the business side, so much going on always at White Spark. Um, we launched a new landing page for our Google My Business Management service. It's got better screenshots and uh, we've kind of tweaked the, the copy a little bit, talked talked a little bit about you know some of the benefits a bit more and uh, it definitely seems to be converting better so we're, we're seeing uh, those orders trickle in and our team is getting a little bit stretched thin so uh, we're going to do some hiring this week I have an interview set up uh, tomorrow so we'll keep building that team and that service I'm excited about that we're also transitioning our citation building team so we've been working with OptiLocal for I don't know, seven years now as our citation building uh, partner. And so we're bringing that all in-house now. So it'll all be managed by our in-house team led by Nyagoslav Zhekov, citation uh, expert extraordinaire. Um, we're about to launch some major improvements to our rank tracker. Uh, those are finally finished. I had a call with Jesse, uh, our marketing lead today about, you know, how we're going to promote the launch of these new features. So I'm excited about that. What are real quickly, what are some of the improvements to the, to the rank tracking? Yeah. So the rank tracker new features are the 
basically we we wanted to add screenshots so it's, it's this thing that that uh, lots of people have been asking for so we, we started this okay we're going to add screenshots to the rank tracker and once we started getting in there we found all these other things that we wanted to fix and do and and change and improve and so it's been a fairly significant overhaul but it's not a significant release like the big announcement is oh now you can do screen you you'll get a screenshot of every search result page um, but there's a whole bunch of stuff behind the scenes that we rewrote, reworked, made it more efficient, made it actually accurate. Like, you know, we, and once you get in, you discover actually our visibility score is totally wrong. And so we started fixing a whole bunch of things and, uh, the release has a bunch of bug fixes, user interface improvements and the screenshots. And so I'm pumped about that. That is coming down the pipeline right away and it just and i'm going to do some videos this is another thing we've never done on the landing page i want to have like this overview video where i show people what's what's awesome in the tool and why it's great and uh it's something that i've always meant to do and i've been holding off because i know there's a few problems with our production version of rank tracker so once we flip the switch on this one i'm going to make these videos and update all of our marketing too that's awesome and you are you are great at those videos from the other video work i've i've seen you do that that's definitely a hole for us so good oh, good for you um and yeah that'll that'll be great that sounds awesome yeah i'm excited about that and man so we're building this one like a whole new account system with stripe and all the ordering pages will be done all the subscriptions auth authentication this whole thing's being built and then it's meant to really facilitate our citation services. Right now, when people order, they have to send a spreadsheet of their location info. And then we do the job and we send them a spreadsheet back. It is so like 1998, janky, crappy, unprofessional stuff. It's bugged me forever. So we're building what's what we call the location manager, where you can add all of your locations. And that's pretty much built and done. And when you place an order now, you know, it just you you select which location from our location manager you want us to work on and then everything is just nice and in the platform but in the process we decided we're gonna well, well allow it to sync with gmb and so we did that and honestly my part-time student developer was like oh this gmb api is great and the dude has already built google post scheduling google q a monitoring google review management he's built uh Google photo management. So we actually have a full GMB management platform that we're about to launch too. So uh, all of that stuff is coming together so nicely and I'm excited about that. Isn't it amazing when you have a good API, good documentation, although my team might argue how good most of Google's APIs are. Right. But yep. um, when, when you have those things and then you have someone ambitious to do those, like it is it can just be a, a free-for-all. Yeah, and it's really like the feature releases are coming fast and furious. And so I'm like, all right, sweet. This platform is looking so beautiful. And I've got Nick working on the user interface and the design of it. And this analogy I have that I'm really excited, like I can't wait to launch this. It's like, you remember back in the day when everybody used uh, Skype as their like, like internal chat system? We did anyways. Yep. We used Skype yep. and we had like, groups in Skype and then Slack came around and it just felt so much better. It just, it had a, a more modern interface. It had a great feel. You could do fun things in it. This is the analogy I feel about what we're about to launch. And I'm, I could not be more pumped about it because it just, it's a dream to use and it makes me really happy. So I can't wait to, to put that, put that out the door. Nice. Yeah. You have a lot of good vibes going on. You got to, 
I like that. I like that momentum. Maybe we should talk less frequently. Yeah, good good vibes all around. It's good stuff. Yeah, the the future is looking bright. Just got to get this stuff launched. How are you? What's going on? Oh man, it's all going on, which is a fabulous thing. Um, I've obviously spent a lot of my time uh, with our newly, you know, our two new outbound sales team hires. So. Um, you know, man, you do all this work to like find the right people and interview and, and get them on board. And, and then comes, especially when you're someone who sells and you've been doing a lot of it just by the seat of your pants. And now you realize how much more I need to structure things. Right. And I, I realized it even before they were hired and started working on a lot of those pieces, but, um, just so much into getting organized yep. for training and building out better processes and, uh, you know, down to the smallest details and how to have better organization. Um, so just, you know, a, a ton into that and you mix into like, you know, lately I've been on probably every other week travel schedule. So in the office for a week, then on the road for a week. So not only, you know, all your meetings are compartmentalized into one week when you're actually back and in the office uh, for calls and demos and your own sales calls and then all your sales training and, and those things as well. So definitely really intense when I am back and, you know, be able to be fully present on more day to day things um, and training with them. Uh, but it, it's all been great. Like the, the up, up take for them has been uh, really solid. Um, one has already closed a deal. The other one, it's out for electronic signature right now. Nice. Hopefully it, it shows up soon. Yeah. So both of them closing deals um, in their first month of, of being with us. Um, but yeah, just, I mean, it is, it's, it's, it's a lot of work and you start to realize a lot of holes and gaps when you're starting to try to systematize a lot of things and create processes and repeatable processes. And then I also... You know, where, where one part of it is really awesome that, you know, two reps at once. And so you're training them both at once and you can double up on so many of those things, not only with me, but as they spend time with others in the company. But then you just start seeing just uh, it's no different than when you have two kids and how different each of your kids right. are. Um, you start to see like, all right, here's I'm going to have to manage them differently. Here's their pros. You know, here's what's great. And then here's where an area of challenge or yep. an area of opportunity and yep. growth. And I need to actually personally address that yeah. with them. So now it's starting to split out a little bit where it's like, all right, I have I have some work to do in specific areas. It's not all just like everything's doubled up at once. No worries. It's a two for one. Sure. So. You didn't quite get the two for one. <laughs> no, I didn't get the same exact person. Um, maybe you need to hire twins when you hire <laughs> all your All your new sales hires yeah. will be twins going forward. Yeah, but all, all really great things, right? And the, but the hard part has just been tough when you are somebody, right? I have a hundred things going on at once. I still find a way to keep 99 of them usually going. Um, but then when you have to slow down, stop and turn it into process and documentation and those things, you really have to focus and it takes up a lot of time, but then you see what the benefits are too. So it's a really good reminder. Yep. Um, Based on our early success with that, we're hiring another uh, CS lead for our, our customer success team. We're starting to see our you know, onboardings ramp up with more and more deals being signed. And we've already um, identified how critical that is to success with our platform. Yeah, we got to get into that. Yeah. So with, yeah. with that, you know, we're actually, uh, as much as we have ever, we're like hiring ahead on this, which 
you know, by the time they get on board, like it won't be ahead then. But usually, you know, about the time this person's going to end up starting, that's when we would have usually said, oh, man, we could really use someone else. Yep. So we are we are four to six weeks ahead, which, you know, is you'll you'll take those small. Ones, Absolutely. Right? Yeah. We're trying to do that with our new GMB management service hire. So, you know, yep. I know what the capacity is of the team, but I'm also projecting based off of how many orders are coming in and based off of the potential that like an agency might say like, Hey, we have 20 clients to onboard. So I, that's why it's like, okay, we better hire now, even though we don't need that person immediately, we're going to bring them on and get, get that person started so that, you know, by the time we do get a little slammed, we have the resources in place to manage it. Yeah, for sure. And it's, you know, we're, we're trying to get better at predictable hiring and understanding numbers and capacities and, and things like that. We still have a long way to go, but yeah, when you get kind of these nights, it's like, I didn't have to have six people tell me this is, you know, this is breaking yep. us. Um, we, we were able to see like, oh, pretty soon they will say that. So let's do yeah, something great. about it. So yeah, nice. that was good. Product wise, we launched a really big uh, feature. You know, we've, we've been pretty launch heavy uh, this summer. Um, but our last really big one um, within the last month is our insights mm -hmm. report. Uh, it, in essence, uh, is natural language processing. So using some machine learning and, you know, AI, all, all the all the buzzwords. Um, it's powered by IBM yep. Watson. And it's really designed to take... If someone writes three or four sentences around a review, we're now breaking it out into specific keywords and the context of those keywords, the sentiment yeah. of those keywords, um, and give people a, a broader view, right? Because if you have a four-star yeah. review, that three things were awesome, but here's the one thing that held you back. Businesses really need to understand, you know, all right, when that happens as a whole, what does that look like? And what are those, you know, the, the food is great, the... The place was great. The pricing was great, but the, the service really could have been better. The service mm -hmm. wasn't uh, exceptional um, and helping them figure those out. I got a little demo at MozCon and it looks really great. I love the visual where you can see like the big green bubbles are like, this is where we're good. And the red bubbles are, this is where we're, we need to improve. So it's really smart, quick glance at, um, you know, where you're doing well and where you're not. And it's amazing. You can pull that out of the review content. I love it. It's a great yeah. feature. Yep. It's been really exciting. And just as you noted, we also, you know, we took some product approaches too, where we, we wanted it to be a visual pro uh, feature. And yep. so we really looked at shapes, colors, layout, things like that. How do we make this something that is really visually pleasing and informative? Uh, because so much of our content or data, just it's rows, tables, um, percentages, things like that. So we wanted to be able to to bring some of that uh, appeal to it as well. Uh, and when we outlined it, you know, there's already a lot of tools doing natural language processing, doing sentiment analysis, um, and we just kind of took a little bit deeper stab at it. Our the the main thing we're trying to do with it is showcase what's the impact um, and understanding when people are talking about this. This is what leads to your strong performances that raise your review average. Yep. And when they talk about this, this is what weighs you down and brings your review average down. Um, so not just individually looking at terms, it does that as well and outlines that. But we really wanted to show you like what's having positive impact and what's having negative impact on your average experience uh, for yep. a customer. It's a really good feature. It's a great, yeah. uh, great 
um, sales tool for you as well, right? So when you get in those conversations, you can show that feature. And I, it, it's the kind of thing that will really click with prospects where they'll be like, oh, we need that. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah, especially with larger locations because we can just, we can index hundreds of or thousands of Google reviews and already show them how people look at this without them even having to work with us day one. It, it's amazing. Yeah, totally yeah, great. Yeah, just pull it great all in. And then yep. yep. And then from, you know, as I mentioned, the buzzword marketing side, I mean, some of those things you do have to look at and, you know, there's all kinds of jokes around the software world that you'll get bought or people will pay you money if you have the buzzwords of AI or machine yeah, learning totally. or anything else. So, yeah. but you do, you do have to kind of check those boxes. And as, as I always look at it, there's features you build around utility that you help do things, automate things, whatever else. And then you have this second layer of features that is more about what can we teach you? How can we help you think? How can we help you make a decision? Um, and that's where this one falls into. And it was, you know, maybe our first or, or second, depending upon how you look at some other things, foray into that, that starts to really, you know, let, let's simplify some thinking for you and point out some things you might not. Yep. Well, it's a great feature. Congrats on that launch. Yeah. Cool. And then, uh, you know, planning hard, we have our North American team summit. So uh, I think the North American team size is 14. Now we have that in the end of September, we drag everyone into Minneapolis and yep. then we head about three hours north up to a, a resort. Um, fall is a beautiful time here, and we spend you know four concentrated days together between uh, you know company sharing and having beer by on the same page. Since we're all remote, allowing everyone to interact and get to know each other better, nice. uh, brainstorming exercises, future planning, and then a lot of fun. Right when you get to eat every meal together. Uh, we've done things like escape rooms and boat rides and things like that. Um, it, it really is, you know, uh, I don't know. I might rebrand it as Camp Gather Up, but it's sure. it's really a it's really a good time, and everyone looks forward to it. So that's a lot of fun to plan that. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. I want to do stuff like that with my team, of course, but uh, now's not the time. We're in build mode. Once we're in the nice yep. sales mode that you're in, then then we'll get there. Yeah. Yep. And it took us, I mean, to have that full out one last year was our very first one. We'd had yep. bits and pieces of, of ones. Um, and when our team was really small, we had one that basically included everyone. And that was all of, you know, five of us getting together. Yep. Um, but, you know, yeah, to reach these bigger numbers and to bring everyone together from all across uh, North America's um, from our, our team there is definitely exciting. Awesome. Uh, and then, you know, lastly, where we tried to record our uh, podcast live and, and failed. Uh, but you know, MozCon was just a fantastic event for us. The number, uh, the, the amount of exposure, the number of leads, um, the energy, it, all of those things were just incredibly fabulous for us. We're still seeing, I just had one of my new sales team ping me and they just set a, another demo and we set, you know, well past a dozen demos. Um, we probably had about 80 very qualified leads We've signed one or two deals. I have another couple that are in like legal or in approval process. Uh, so just highly valuable, highly profitable for us. Uh, it, it was just a, a fantastic event that we still have a lot of uh, energy and, and momentum going from that almost, a, you know, basically a month ago now. Amazing. Huge congrats. That's awesome because... Yeah, I, I totally feel that when we did MozCon, it, it's just this great conference and it's so nice that there's only, you know, 
eight other vendors there, right? So you really get this great attention. And, and they put the snacks right down there where, where the vendors are. So all the vendors are, or all the attendees are having a snack and then checking out what's, you know, what, what kind of stuff you got going on. So yeah, it really drives a lot of people. Absolutely. And that, with that, let's segment into, that's what we wanted to talk about, right? Um, being at a, a conference and in any capacity, whether it's a, a sponsor, a booth, speaking, whatever else is all, all part of marketing. And that's what we wanted to talk about today was marketing for uh, your SaaS company. And this something too, I see a lot of when I'm on, you know, uh, Facebook groups or Slack groups of, of SaaS companies, uh, marketing is obviously a very large topic because so many of us feel like we understand how, you know, how to build a product. We don't always know the right things to build and what and whatever else, but mm -hmm. the, the most challenging thing is how do you find users? How do you let them know that your product exists and that you're out there solving a problem and you have, have what they, they need with it? So marketing, such an important piece. And interesting enough, we might not have uh, too much variance in what you and I talk about today because I, I would say we are both from the school of a massive, you know, inbound marketing focus for both WhiteSpark and GatherUp. Yeah, we really are. And I I don't know if we're just a little bit lucky. When I think about, let's say if I was a SaaS starting out right now, it would be really hard to, to get to where both of us are. And I think you would probably be smart to explore paid rather than just inbound. You obviously want to do both. But in order to kickstart, you might want to start doing some paid stuff right off the bat. Like, we have the advantage of being kind of early, early, um, you know, writers, speakers about local search. And so we've sort of already built up an audience before we even had really good products, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I point to the fact all the time with having Mike Blumenthal as one of our co-founders. Like, yeah, he already had. And, and there's all kinds of, you know, marketing that will talk to you. Like if you already have someone that has a community or you have representation or contact in that community, yep. like you need to leverage that big time. And our, our early success, and we still have trailing success off that. Like we owe so much of that to Mike and his reputation and the thousands of articles he wrote before he ever even was part of launching our product. Yeah. You basically your product launched with immediate trust. It's like, Oh, Mike Blumenthal's behind this. This has got to be a good product because he is such a like well-respected luminary in local search, right? So it's like you you have immediate credibility with the product, and so that was huge for you guys for sure. So what what is it, what is it from you to, at a high level? We can break down into some of the specific pieces of what goes into inbound marketing, but wh why do you feel that you know inbound marketing is is your A game in how you've yep. built WhiteSpark? Yeah, I think we've been fortunate. We were early uh, writers about citations specifically. I think what had happened was we wrote, we created the local citation finder, and then I really wanted to learn everything about citations. And I just started writing about it, doing research projects on it. So I was lucky to contribute with, uh, to collaborate with David Mim on some uh, early research that got put up on Moz. And then I got to do a community speaking spot at Moz about some of that research. And so it just inbound became the natural channel because I was passionate about learning about it, researching it and writing about it. And so I guess that kind of is inbound. It's content marketing, right? You're creating something that is new 
that will attract a lot of attention, particularly around all the SEO agencies, right? They're like, well, how does this work? And and so when you're trying to answer those questions, if it's uh, research-based questions, then it can drive a lot of eyeballs and those eyeballs will then eventually look at your products and services. So that's kind of how it evolved for me. Um, how about you? I've just always been positioned towards that, like sharing what I'm doing, like this podcast is even no different. Like yeah. I've always looked to expose what I'm doing and, you know, early on, I, 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 I should go back and try to pinpoint a date, but like pretty early adopter of blogging yep. and sharing, you know, what the company was doing. And I always equated to it of like more calling it like perception based marketing, right? Are you, are you creating a perception of what your company is doing and what your company can do and the benefits your customers are getting out of it? And I found that really important back when I was running digital marketing agencies to share here's, you know, here's, here's not only the websites we're creating, but here's the process, right? Like here, this might be a hand sketch or a wireframe and sharing, you know, that visually or sharing those processes. Um, and to me, it really led to then when buyers were, you know, looking to um, find someone to design or build their website that they're like, well, we understand your process really well. We saw things in some of your blog content that we hadn't had the last time we did our website. Sure. And that looked really, really appealing. So I think so many of those wins like led me towards like you just need to find the right ways to amplify what you're doing, how you can help, how you're thinking. Um, and I get, I, I get like paid is that, um, and in more of an instant format, but I, I don't know. I just have personally kind of always gravitated towards more of content marketing and organic search and, and things like that, because there's, there's also part of paid that if you really have your stuff together, it can be an incredible flywheel, but I always felt like I was missing too many pieces on, you know, just the exacts of certain things to get it, whether, you know, it's keywords and phrases that you're, you're bidding on and bid management, landing pages, the, the funnel, like all of those things, like it just felt almost daunting. Sometimes it's like, Oh, if I have any one of these six things wrong in the funnel, it's going to bork what the outcome is. And I'm, I'm wasting money then. Yeah. I think one of one comparison I often have in my head between inbound and paid marketing is that inbound comes with like this baked in credibility and trust because whereas paid doesn't, it's almost like, it's like you're, if you tell someone that you're really awesome and you should work with us, that's a lot different than someone else saying it. And so when you are putting out content, really good content that everyone is sharing and everyone's talking about, then you have a lot more credibility than just putting out an ad, right? If you just put it on an ad, it says we're the best. But then if you have a whole bunch of other people saying, oh, this company's really good, they know what they're talking about, they've, they've shown that they really understand this space, then that's what inbound marketing can do. And it cr- inbound creates a lot more word of mouth too, because there's just a ton of sharing. No one's going to go and share your ad, but people will share really great content. And so that it, it's just so much more valuable, I think, than, than focusing on it. And of course it, it costs less. It costs a lot less people. I know uh, lawyers that are spending a hundred grand a month on Google ads. Like it, it can be so expensive. Yeah. No, totally. So with that, what does, 
like what does content marketing look like for you guys? Like, do you have a formalized strategy? Yeah. Does someone own it there? Is it just when people have things, they then write them and, and share them? Like what, what does that look like at WhiteSpark? So yeah, no, we do not have a formalized strategy. Uh, we are blessed to have a recurring uh, massive content amplifier called the Local Search Ranking Factors. So uh, huge thanks again to David Mim for um, letting uh, me take that over. It's a big one that tends to drive a lot of credibility for WhiteSpark. Um, I do a lot of my own, like for example, one of the things that actually drives it is I'll commit to go and go speak at a conference and then I'm like, oh crap, I better figure out what I'm going to talk about. So I, I always try to do original research where I can. And so the conference obligations often drive something new for me where I'll rack my brains and be like, well, what would be interesting to people? And so then I'll put together um, some new research, like our recent um, success would have been my MozCon case study, right? So I think that drove a lot of interest and a lot of new eyes to WhiteSpark. And, and then when they're there, then they start looking at, well, what else does WhiteSpark do? So it's not formalized. And then, you know, a lot of our content just comes out of everyday work like it's it came up a lot recently about um google suspensions right so google listings getting suspended and ali has been researching it and spending some time on it so ali we're like wow we should make a blog post out of this so ali puts together a blog post so a lot of it is just driven by what's going on at the company um it's not really formalized it's not strategized jesse does a pretty good job of like nagging us she's like hey we need some more content you know who's got something what can we what can we put out next right it's it's been too quiet around here so she does a good job of of prodding us but other than that there's no strategy do you guys have any strategy or is it just like you have an idea and then you do it how, how does it work at, at gather up yeah so we've we've tried to evolve our strategy just a a little bit more than having no strategy. Yeah. Um, you know, one, one piece of that was last year, you know, roughly about a year ago, we hired uh, a content and product marketer specifically that, you know, we basically told her like, you own all the words now. Right. Um, so she's across a number of things, you know, Lisa will write user guide posts um, and, and uh, feature release posts and a number of things like that. Um, and, we've really tried to go the route of like, all right, we have enough to say about the product. Um, we obviously get thought leadership articles from Mike and myself, yep. um, a, a number of different types and more than anything now, it's like, all right, Ken, we should be having something going to our blog every week, right? In one way, shape, form or another. So that type of repetition, you know, we've really gone after and we've had a lot more discussions on creating things um, that, Sometimes, you know, what can we do? It's a little more evergreen, right? Like uh, a month ago, we compiled a, a post that we're continually adding to of 100 plus online review statistics. Sure. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. As a new one, I just sent a link today that had three new stats around healthcare and online reviews. And we'll add that. So that'll be a, a growing piece. We're starting to see some of the, you know, organic search um, payback uh, for that with people talking about it, it being mentioned for it being the source of research in, in their articles. Uh, so we're, we're evolving a little bit more with that. You know, some of the areas I think we're still really challenged is we write a lot of content that's for everyone. Um, and I think if we could, you know, niche down a little bit more and say, you know, just how we look at it, we've written maybe two articles all time on our blog that are strictly just for digital marketing agencies. Mm -hmm. 
And we really should be doing one a month in, in my mind, because that's a good part of our customer base. Um, and, or specifically writing something like, all right, this is just for restaurants or this is just for, um, home service companies. And we're starting to get a little bit better with that, but you know, you just, you have this feeling like, oh, if I write it, it needs to be applicable for everybody. And you have to get comfortable with, no, I want this to be a really great piece for a specific audience. Um, and then down the road, I will write something else equally great for another specific mm-hmm. audience that we serve. Or even the same kind of content, right? So the content could be like what restaurants need to think about uh, around reviews. And you've got all the statistics around restaurants. You could pull data that's restaurant specific. And then you've got this sort of template you can now use for insurance agents or for uh, plumbers, you know, whatever. Yeah. And that, that's one thing even like just outside of blog content, we're trying to create some you know, more static landing pages for each industry. We have five or six industries that we work really well in. We really understand everything else. And so we need, we're in the process of creating content. So it is specifically like, here's how GatherUp helps restaurants. Here's how GatherUp helps, you know, insurance and and finance industry. Here's how GatherUp helps self-storage. So you know, more speaking their language, detailing the benefits uh, to them and how the features roll up into making those benefits happen uh, is something we're, we're trying to get better at. We're trying to have a lot more micro conversations um, and being very specific and having a lot of intent with what we're putting out there. Yeah, I've always thought about doing that uh, industry specific stuff too. And I don't think that like our current software offerings lend themselves to that very well, but with what we're building, I, I really see how we can, um, you know, focus content around specific niches to speak to how our software is, is good for those specific industries. I'm, I'm looking forward to having that with our new platform. Yeah, I, it, it's hard for me, but when, when I boil down to, I mean, here's kind of the thought I arrive at is no matter what, it, if I write something and it gets a, a thousand page views in the first month of it being up there, like, that's great. But then... Do, the, do they actually translate into working with us or becoming customers? Yeah, and I think when you niche it down, there's more of an opportunity that it might only be 100 that read it, but based on how impactful it is for them and how detailed you can get and the examples you can give them, you take them so high up that trust curve where you know maybe five of them then become a customer. Yeah. And to me, it's you know writing more about those. It's always that battle where it's like the exposure feels great. Yeah. The links feel great. The mentions, social media mentions and, and tweets and posts feel great. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't move that bottom of the funnel and add to more customers, then that, you know, is it really as impactful as you feel it is? Yeah, that actually um, really lends to one marketing thing that I have planned for this fall that I think is going to be my new go-to. Um I'm speaking at three different auto dealer conferences this fall. So I've got one in September and two in October. And so there's a huge benefit there. One of them is, you know, if I go to an SEO conference, this is where I do most of my speaking. A lot of those people I'm speaking to are kind of my competitors. They, you know, some of them are going to use our software because we have agency-based software. But on some of the service side of things, they they look at me as a competitor, not really uh uh, a potential vendor. and But when I go to an auto dealer conference, then everyone in the audience is potentially my customer. And so that's great credibility there. The beautiful thing is I can generate one slide deck and use that for multiple 
industry specific conferences, there isn't that high bar where you have to bring this like mind blowing new research every time you go and speak. And so I want to speak. And then I'm going to take that same concept and spin it to like, okay, well, I've got this really successful talk that I've given to auto dealers. I want to take the exact same thing and now, you know, rework it, my screenshots and everything for dentists or lawyers. And so I can go and do all these industry specific conferences. So I, I'm thinking I'm going to say no to uh, some of the big conferences, like some of the SEO specific ones, and a lot more yeses and even pitching for industry specific ones. And that's, and that's also where I think these sort of industry specific landing pages could come in. If I had these landing pages, that could be super valuable. Yeah, I, t- I think you're onto something very smart there. And I will be interested to, to hear how, how that goes. But I, I think it will yield you very, very good results. It's a, it's a, in, it's a, it's a human uh, format of what we're talking about on being, you know, focused to that persona in content yep. marketing. You're, you're doing it through conferences and speaking. So totally awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. I'll let you know how it goes. We'll have another podcast episode and chat about it. Nice. One thing I think we both do really well that I think a lot of people overlook from time to time is, you know, surfacing research and, and data, right? Yep. So you have like the local search ranking factors. That, that's a really big piece. We've done all kinds of different, you know, either using Google surveys and asking specific questions and finding out how people view online reviews and do they trust them and how often do they write them and and things like that. Like when you spend the time and the money to create those, to me, those just have endless payback when others are writing articles about it. Like they cite your stats and your data so often. So you get mentions i mean we just had another mention in a moz article last week and the research was maybe from at least a year or two years ago but it continues to produce links produce mentions in in real time for something that has been out there quite a while just because you can become the de facto resource stats and data it's huge um it's a really great um it, it's like the snowball effect, right? So like now that WhiteSpark is sort of built up, we can release something and it has this great effect where a, a huge spread happens from it. I think it might be hard if you're just starting out, but um, but maybe not. Did you see the fresh chalk thing that came out? So that, that uh, Adam guy did that thing where he analyzed, you know, I think it was... 150,000. Small businesses. Yeah, he looked at their websites and he compared their websites um, metrics with their rankings. And then he did this great research around it. And that is like a case study of how you could do something research-based and absolutely blow it out of the water in terms of getting some, like I'd never heard of fresh chalk before. I knew nothing about it. And so now he's like on the map. And so that actually is an opportunity for any SaaS that even if they're brand new, if they do something and they put in the work, then it I think it can. It's going to reap the rewards for fresh chalk forever. It's huge. That was a massive um, marketing move with that with that resource. Yeah. Now I actually met up when I was in Seattle with Liz Pierce, who is uh, one of the co-founders and the CEO of Fresh oh, yeah. Chalk. So it does it does help put those things uh, on the map. That was uh, part of me uh, ending up connecting with her. So yeah, I mean, don't don't ever look past what you're creating and. And when you're the one that compiles it together and you make it easy for someone else to absorb it, read it, and then use it the way that they need to, you're going to get benefits out of it. Mentions, links, 
referrals, top of mind, brand awareness, yep. right? All of those shares things. from like big industry people. Yeah. He got tons of shares. Like everyone was sharing that content around. So. Yeah. One other thing that I, I've always liked that, that you did that you pulled together and maybe you can tell me if you feel it actually has an impact, but you guys at WhiteSpark created a topical email called the local pulse. And every day you send out an aggregation of articles from, you know, yep. many of the different resources in local SEO and everything else. And there can be anywhere from three to 10 articles linked in there on a daily basis. And it's a great way to bring that into my inbox. If you check it, I have a pretty good open rate. Um, but it, it makes me aware of those articles. And then WhiteSpark is the one that's done the hard work in bringing this sure. together. Like, have you seen benefits of this over time in line with what you hoped for? Or how do you view that strategically intact? Yeah, email marketing is a whole huge marketing thing that we didn't really get into um, yet. But yeah, so the local policy is this funny thing. It's like I had this idea and I wanted it just for me that anytime like these 12 blogs that I care about in local search post something, I want to get notified about it, right? And so I figured out that I could build this thing with MailChimp that automatically uh, aggregates the RSS feeds of all of the blogs and then uh, produces this email. And actually, for the first little while, I just had it going to me and I was like, oh, I should, I should let other people subscribe to this. And so uh, I opened it up and I let other people subscribe to it. We have about 1,500 people on that email list. And so um, the outcome is I have no idea because honestly, it's it's this thing. And it's funny because I saw you put that in our notes for, for today's call. And I, I immediately sent a message to Jesse being like, hey, can you add a banner to this email? Because <laughs> we've never used it to be promotional in any way. But, you know, there's a, there's a perfect little spot for it where we could just like use that to highlight the latest things that we're doing. I think it's mostly agencies that would be on that list. And so we're going to now use it to show, put a little banner for our white label agency program for our new GMB management service. Like, why have we not done that before? So uh, maybe I'll have some numbers for you later, see if that converts at all. But uh, it's a pretty good resource. Uh, we've never really used it to be promotional. We've just provided it as a you know a friendly service. But uh, I think it's the kind of thing that could potentially drive some extra business. And so we're going to drop a little banner in there and see if it drives any conversions. Nice. And I, I think that's always a great way to start a relationship because you, you've you created something that is just giving yep. to them. I think it just paints you in the right light so that down the road when you do get at least some type of a promotional or sales call to action in it, like it won't even rub them the wrong way because they're already appreciative of you've simplified something and you efficiently give them value um, so, you know, that, that won't do anything rather than, right. If the only thing you were doing is emailing them every day, trying to ask them to yeah, buy totally. from you, that obviously has a much different Yeah, outcome. totally. I think actually we might get some decent conversions for this and we certainly wouldn't be salesy about it. We'd just be like, you know, Hey, we also have this service, you know, here, here are your latest, uh, local search posts. And, oh, by the way, WhiteSpark has this service, you know, and that's all there is to it. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh, another aspect you and I both do uh, a lot of, or we, we try to maximize this um, at our companies is, you know, being a, a featured guest yeah. on a podcast or, or a, a webinar. Um, you know, to talk to me about your approach with some of those and the advantages you feel there are with that. And how, how do you, 
you know, are you doing anything to try to get more of them? Or I even know you've had other members of your team recently being part of them that I, I think is fabulous. Yeah, I think they're really great uh, opportunities when they come up. I don't, I don't seek them out. Uh, I guess I'm fortunate to be in a position where they come to me and they ask me to be a guest on these things. But they are in the bag, wonderful opportunities to get in front of a new audience because usually they're really easy. They're just, it's just a Q and a type thing, right? They're asking you questions, you answer the questions and uh, you know, um, as long as you don't look like a total idiot, then sometimes that can uh, expose, you know, uh, your company to new people that didn't know about you before. And, you know, if you come across as knowledgeable, then that might in, encourage them to come and look you up and see, oh, what, what does this guy do? Oh, he's got this company, WhiteSpark. What does WhiteSpark do? And then that can lead to business, I suppose. But uh, yeah, the webinars are fantastic when they come up. Same with podcasts, being invited to be guests on these things. That really, it really does stem from being a speaker. So like being a public speaker at a lot of these events is what will drive these invites. Basically, that's that's always been the way for me. I think is anyone on webinars that doesn't speak at events? It's pretty rare, I think. Yeah. And I think that comes from then the 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 host or you know the, the person putting it together knows like, all right, I'm gonna get great content. This person has stage slash mic presence. Um, they're they're known, so others yeah. will come to the podcast because one of the two or three or four guests on uh, like a webinar sure. roundtable, they'll all bring their own spheres of people uh, that yep. come to it. So yeah, so it's like mutually Definitely. beneficial, right, to both the the host and the guest. Yeah, and actually that's interesting that you think about like your personal influence, and so um, building up your following on Twitter and Instagram or whatever it is. Uh, you know, in the SEO space, it's mostly Twitter, probably the same in most SaaS spaces. But, you know, it, it's certainly beneficial to build that up and to, like, like, I don't do it consciously. I'm not like out there, oh, I better tweet so I get more followers. I'm just, you know, I'm trying to share stuff that I think is interesting and valuable. And um, just because I think it's interesting and valuable, like, I, I'm not doing it as this like thing, but um, certainly it creates some benefit. So when someone in uh, is looking for someone to join their webinar, it, it probably helps that I have, you know, 16,000 followers on Twitter because they they know that I'll probably tweet about it. And then those people will, you know, it might drive more people to the webinar. So it, it's yeah. certainly valuable to build up your personal following. Totally. And le uh, our, our last main topic regarding marketing that uh, we have time for is kind of where we kicked off this conversation, but around conferences, right? Both you and I have cut our teeth over the years, and you know, risen to the risen from the through the ranks to, to some extent, right? Like I, I've written articles in the past on yep. public speaking, and you know, one of my main pieces of advice for people is like just just start, right? My first one was literally a room of twenty people at a local chamber of yep. commerce, and you know, but it allowed me to start talking in public. It allowed me to see what did people care about, what questions did they ask afterwards. Um, I recorded it. What could I break down that I could do better or be more engaging yeah. or tell wow, a story better? Yeah. So it's like that was, I don't know, 15 years ago now. So it's like, right. what, what, what have you seen right through your own journey on that? And what, what's the reason why, you know, you, you continue to do it, even though you're evolving, maybe who your audiences are. Yeah. Do you remember what my first sort of like big talk was, Aaron? 
I think you mentioned that it was when you helped bring local U to Edmonton. Yeah, but there's an gr even greater story behind that because Ed Reese forgot his passport and he couldn't come. And so I ended up like the very first talk I gave at that Edmonton local U was your presentation. It was your uh, like, how does Google search work? And all I had was the damn slides. And so like, I'd be, I was trying to give this presentation. It's basically my first talk ever in front of an audience. And I'm like, and here's a picture of a spider. I don't know what Aaron was planning to say here, but but uh, maybe something about web crawlers. And this is how web crawlers work. And so I was, I basically just stumbled through it, and uh, it it was a, a pretty scary first experience of of getting up to speak when they weren't even your own slides. It was like the oh. last minute thing. I was like, okay, I'll do it. And yes, no, I, that that would be horrible. I remember. So SMX Advanced was right after that. And I was speaking at SMX Advanced and I had on uh, my spider trap jacket out in Seattle and somebody's like, oh, hey, aren't you the guy who just didn't have a passport to, and you couldn't speak in Edmonton? And I was like, what? And then like, then I found out the whole thing and I was like, no, man, that was Ed Reese. And then Darren used my presentation. I wasn't even supposed to be part of it. Like I somehow got wrangled in as the bad guy who couldn't enter the country legally, even though I was never on uh, never on the agenda. So, oh, that that's rough. That's a tough first speaking. It was pretty there. tough, but you know, maybe it was a good idea to just start out like really hard, and then the rest of them became much easier after. There you that. go. Only only up from there. Exactly. So I did um, have my own talk, and that was wonderful. And I, honestly, in the local search space, local U is a great opportunity because um, if you bring a local U event to your city. Um, and you, you do all the, the legwork to get all of the people, uh, you know, to help bring in, a, uh, attendees and sell tickets, then you generally get a speaking spot. And so it's a pretty great place to start. I would say I got my start actually just teaching little courses back when I was in university. Um, I got the opportunity to teach courses on, uh, Dream, Adobe Dreamweaver, uh, like how to make websites. Uh, yeah. it was fireworks as well as like this little graphic design thing and i did a photoshop class and so that was really helpful to you know speak to a really small audience it would be like 10 15 people in a workshop and i would teach them how to use the software and so that's kind of where i got my start with being in front of a small audience but there's also like little meetups where you could go and meet up with uh, other web developers or seos in your city and you could give a little presentation to 10 people that's an awesome way to get started with that and then, of course, then you pitch. So once you kind of get the opportunity to, to speak a bit more, then you'll pitch at smaller conferences and work your way up to bigger conferences. It's it's I'm, honestly, I, I cannot imagine where WhiteSpark would be today if I didn't get the opportunity and put some effort into becoming a speaker that it's been huge for us in terms of marketing. Just massive. Yep. Yep. No, I agree. And even even personally, right, it's created so many new friends, yeah. networking opportunities, partnerships, right? On down the line, if if you are, and I get everyone is different, introvert, extrovert, what their comfort sure, levels sure. are. Public speaking can be a massive fear for a lot of people. Yep. Um, but if you can, you know, it, it just does pay a lot of great uh, dividends. And, you know, one thing too that I would share with everyone is like, if you get the opportunity to do it, think how can you build in a, a call to action or a next step for people, sure. right? And not a like, hey, buy our software, but 
you know, hey, I'm pre- I presented the high level of this research. Like the full research is now in a blog post on our site. Here's where you can totally, right. Yeah. And I think I feel like you do a, a good job of that, or yep. you know, finding something that continues the conversation. That um, or, or even if you're speaking at an event, and then th- that's where we're more evolving to is. You know, we want to speak and we want to find out, can we have a booth there? Or let's bring a salesperson there anyway so that they sure. can be the, you know, have an opportunity to close or find out who's interested in it. Because sometimes just the, the talk alone, yes, it'll generate exposure and buzz and get you out there. But if you don't have some type of mechanism to push it down this, the sales funnel or to get more out of it, like you're definitely wasting the momentum that you're building with it. Yeah, that's actually a big part of my marketing plan for these auto dealer conferences, right? So I'm presenting this research where I'm, I'm gathering all of this data on auto dealers across Canada. These, these are all uh, uh, Canadian-based conferences. And so then I'm going to present, like, these are the statistics for auto dealers in Canada on using these different features. And this is why you want to be using This is how you want to be using them. And, you know, so I was only able to talk about this for 20, 30 minutes. And then we're going to have a great resource on our website that I'll send people to at the end of it. So it's exactly what you just said. That's my plan for these auto dealer conferences. Yeah. Now, no different than, you know, the pages on your website. You got to have some type of a call to action or next step, very visible. Make sure you have it in your talks, right? Not a, not a salesy frontal, you know, buy now or I don't like you, but, you know, something that progresses them a next step in, into your arena. Absolutely. So, all right, we've we've talked a lot here, and that's what happens when we, you know, we have so much downtime in between. It's been like yeah, six weeks. Yeah. In in closing, with one question, what's what's a marketing strategy or or, or tactic that you haven't gotten to yet that you really uh, feel like oh this is this is something I need to accomplish before 2019 is over? The the big one for me is uh, last year I did this series I called it the White Spark Weekly where I would like. Yeah make a little video of me talking about one one small aspect of local search. And they were meant to be under 10 minutes. It was just me with webcam, doing a screen share, showing a thing. And uh, those were huge for us. Like, honestly, I saw a very significant uptick in our business at that time. And there was a lot of sharing of our content. And it was on such a weekly basis. Those were really massive for us. And it's a marketing thing I can't wait to get back to. But my my uh, to do list is so damn big, and every week goes by. I'm like, dang it, I really want to get another one of those videos done. But it's it's really hard for me to find the time. So I'm I'm trying to figure out how I can block off some time and get back to doing those regular videos. Because think about that. It's like I can get on a stage and speak to 200, 300, 400 people. Um, but these videos they can reach a much much larger audience, and so. Be you know doing that stuff on a regular basis can really build um, the, the our exposure, and so I, I want to get back into doing those videos. That's the biggest thing for me. It's it's the biggest marketing thing on my mind, especially as we start um, launching our platform and all that stuff. It's going to be great for us. Sounds like you got to leverage some prioritization there, Shaw. That the- I really do. I'm working on like new calendaring systems and trying to figure out how to block <laughs> off my time. Yeah. How about you? What's your big thing that you want to make sure that you're you're taking care of on the marketing space uh, yeah. before the end of 2019? Yeah, I'm 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 like I'm almost embarrassed about this, but retargeting. I mean, we yeah. in, in today's day and age, you need to be doing it, and it's just something we've had small discussions um, and talked about it, but have not launched it, and it's it's just it's ridiculous 
in the landscape of what's going on out there today, not to lay that trail as people move on past you to put reminders in front of them to come back and check you out um, and to reaffirm the value prop and all those other things. So yeah, yeah by, by far and away. Yeah. We need to get retargeting going before the, the end of the year. That is an absolute low hanging fruit in today's marketing mix that sadly um, is just rotten fruit on the ground for us right now. Oh, that's a great analogy. Yeah, totally. Same here. There's like rotten apples all over White Spark <laughs> from, from not doing retargeting. I, this, so can I pick two? I want to add that one to my list too. Yeah. Retargeting. Yep. Got go ahead. It. You can have two and let's hold each other accountable and um, let's let's get it done before the year end. End of 2019. Okay, good deal. Uh, you are going to see my White Spark Weekly videos start up before the end of 2019. I'm going to commit to that. All right. Make it happen. Yep. All right. Well, I think that's a, a wrap as we push a, an hour of, of time here for, for this episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I also want to send a shout out. A, a bunch of people at MozCon came up. Um, I also have received texts lately from people asking uh, questions. So thanks to people like Noah Lerner. Will Scott said he binged all 10 of our episodes and they had some questions for me on, thanks, on sales team and sales comp. Yeah. So <laughs> thanks you guys for reaching out. Um, continue to do so. You can uh, tweet us um, any questions or topics you'd like uh, uh, covered. Um, hopefully none of you got worried that we we're abandoning this after, after 10 episodes with the, the recent uh, month of, of darkness. We'll get, we'll get back on track and keep coming at you. Yep. Looking forward to it. All right. Well, thanks everyone and have a, have a fabulous rest of, of your weeks until we talk to you again. See ya.